Welcome to the Manmukti Podcast, Stories of Stigma, where we speak up about the South Asian mental health with professionals and individuals with lived experiences related to mental health. Today we're speaking with Ms. Supriya Kinney, who is joining with us from Texas and sharing with us her journey of conscious parenting. And helping us with today's podcast is Anvita Jain, who is our Development Chair of Outreach here at Manmukti. Supriya, welcome to our podcast. And uh, Anvita, our Development Chair of Outreach at Manmukti, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Jintan. Let get started. Happy to be here. Thank you. Um, so for today's podcast, our theme was parenting, right? And you reached out um, as a conscious effort to like help other parents um, guide through their men- mental health uh, issues and their children's mental health issues. So my first question would be how, how to like engage within mental health dialogue with your children? Like, how do you get them to open up to you about their mental health? Um, I think I start, uh, Chintan, this has been my motto forever. It's basically you become the example first. Right. So the way you show up in your relationship with anybody, uh, and especially also your kids, right? Right. Um, They pretty much are watching you and they will mimic what you do. So the thing is you show up in a relationship uh, completely open Mm -hmm. and very transparent in many ways about uh, how you're feeling and how, you know, your different mind states are. And that's how the conversation actually starts. So there is, uh, you don't hold yourself to a particular state that you need to be as a parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the know-it-all, you know, I got this covered and I'm here to guide you and none of that. Right. Uh, you show up every day as, as a person, as a person that you are. And I think that's a great doorway within which, you know, you can invite anybody in to step in and have those conversations automatically. If you share with them what has been hard for you on a particular day, they will eventually turn around and share that with you. So if I'm getting this correctly, it's basically like being their friend first and then the parent. What I've personally felt is, you know, as a parent, like they, they are the parent and like I go below them. And like, you know, there are certain things that we don't talk about even though it feels like I should tell them, you know, breaking that barrier would be the the first step in doing the. Yes. And before I even address that, I want to even talk about the words that we use. So when you say friend, right. Mm -hmm. How, how do we define a friend? Right. So Mm -hmm. that's very important. Like when we talk about concepts of love, It all depends on how do you define love. Now, if you think a friend is a person who will always agree with you, Mm -hmm. who's, you know, always going to be there in a way, uh, allowing you to do everything, uh, then that can get a little tricky, right? Right. Uh, I would say to, um, to be with your kids where they are. That is the way that I would position it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, to show up with your kids uh, in the experience that they are having, completely being with them is in one sense being their friend, right? Understanding right. them, uh, hearing them out, uh, knowing, you know, what they are feeling 
right? To being open to that, mm -hmm. not carrying your uh, conditioning or your patterns or your fears into that space, right? And then now you're just open, you're there with them. Right. And now what happens is when the child, when you are in a space of deep and active listening with your child, you exactly know what the child is going to communicate to you and you know what to do. Right. Right. So, you know, sometimes the child is just sharing with you because they want a listening ear, mm -hmm. right? They're not looking for advice. And then you know that you need to hold that stance. Sometimes they are looking up to you, right? As a parent, they want you to maybe share your experience. You know, what happened? Like, I'm fearful of this. What do you think? And depending on they're asking you that, you could maybe give an advice. Right. Um, and these are the things that I think. So yes, you do show up in that light. And oh my God, the word that you used, <laughs> hierarchy. Right. I think um, that's a very tricky place. And that's the culture, right? You mm -hmm. see the culture in companies. Uh, what, you know, what does it mean to be a leader, right? Um, what do the subordinates under that? How much of space uh, do they have to, you know, share what they want to exp express? Or, um, you know, uh, what is allowed in that sense? Right. These are all, and, and you've touched upon a very important thing there. So the way I looked at it is, it is not a linear thing to look at. Mm -hmm. So it's not that the relationship is always in a way where the parent you know, is older and so right. is wiser than you. In yeah. fact, I'll be very, very honest with you. Uh, that's why I'm very passionate about this journey mm -hmm. because it's been a personal journey with my kids mm -hmm. where I have seen, oh my God, I mean, the wisdom that the kids have. Only if, you know, we were to be open to listening to what they have to share. Because in many ways, they are a hundred steps ahead of us, mm -hmm. right? Yes, we yeah. do have experience, you know, living this physical world in a certain way and, you know, how we need to maneuver that. But in many ways, they come, you know, all bright and fresh and light, mm -hmm. not carrying these walls and these conditionings around them. Right. And they have so much to teach us about the fears that we carry, Right. So it's, it's very important. So how can we have a static rela hierarchical relationship? It's not possible. There are times when my experience, when I have shared with my daughter, has really helped her, mm -hmm. right? And then there are times when, oh my God, my daughter's way of seeing a situation is so real and grounded that it's opened me up to the fact that, oh my God, I'm standing in fear. That's why I'm telling her this. Yeah. Right. And to be open to accepting that. So it's a flow, right? It's a flow. It's not a static thing. It's not a constant rule book. It cannot be. Mm -hmm. That's been my experience. Well, it's, it's, it's also like the children's give you like a new perspective on things, right? Like, because uh, throughout your experiences, I'm guessing like any parent, like growing up through their experiences, they like, you know, believed a certain thing and they, it's hard for them to like break out of that belief that like things can't go the other way. Like it's, this is the right way to do it. Yes. And when children tell them like, Hey, I've thought about this other way. It's hard for them to like, be like, Nope, you're, you're right. Like that's, you can't be right. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, you, I have to really tell you from my personal experience, I see my daughter that way. Mm-hmm. She's this expansive, you know, jumped into this life experience as an explorer. That's how I see her. Right. Uh, from where you stand, she seems like a risk taker, you know, mm-hmm. because she will push all, you know, the fears that I have. She will, she will push that. And I will, I will want to, uh, because of my attachment, obviously, and the fears I have, I will want to hold her, you know, because I'll be like, don't go there because right. then this won't happen and you will regret it. But um, I am growing and that's been my journey, growing into the fact that trusting, I think that's a big thing. And um, it is trusting myself to be able to hold that open space for her, trusting her through the journey. Right. Like we got this, we got this, you know, and she's got it. She's, mm-hmm. she's wise enough. Does that mean that I do not tell her when she enters what I really see as a danger zone? I do. I do. But I don't dump it on her as a rule book. I tell her very honestly where I stand. And I also know that I have boundaries. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's been a big growth for me as a parent to do that. So I, I hear you that, yes, you kids have a larger perspective, 100%. I would agree with that. And we parents, I think through this journey, uh, our children actually teach us to kind of uh, open out from our myopic, you know, a very narrow vision Mm -hmm. to seeing the larger picture. And uh, that's a gift. That's a gift. Truly. Yeah, I actually, I was going to jump in because my that's interesting that you say that because I feel like we've my me and my parents we've evolved our relationship a lot and towards the direction that you're talking about where like the open dialogue mm-hmm. but that wasn't that wasn't so conducive in my earlier years and I think that makes sense right because as we grow we become wiser right so we become we can bring more to the table than if I'm a child like I just don't know as much so mm-hmm. then I feel like it's easier for parents to take on that parenting role so I have a follow-up question to that how early did you start seeing your relationship with your children being more of this open journey? And um, how did you kind of, how early did you start talking to them about mental health? And how has that kind of evolved? How has that relationship evolved? Yeah. So I, to date in many ways, haven't used the word mental health a lot. Uh, but the way I have put it is, um, making them understand that there is a difference between the mind that speaks to you, right? There is a voice in your head that speaks to you and, and how, who we are is very different from that mind. And how early did I start that? Like I said, I fairly started it early, I think at the age of six or seven, I see that as a very critical age. Mm -hmm. I see till the point that they're about five or six, and this has been uh, proven even by people who look at, you know, physiology and brain development and everything. So this is grounded in, in, you know, science in that sense that till the age of five or seven, kids are like these sponges, right? They're not autonomous yet. 
So they, they come into this world and they are learning by observing their environment. And their environment, of course, the first thing starts with parents and the culture around them, right? The family. So uh, that's when they are just taking it all in, right? So whatever you feed the kids at that point, that becomes their truth. They believe it blindfoldedly. Once they are about six or seven, and I've seen this with both my kids, is when they start, um, start to develop their own identity. Kind of, that's when they'll start questioning certain things about the world. Like, mm -hmm. my, I have a nine-year-old. My younger one is a nine-year-old. The older one is 16. The nine-year-old one now, I can see in the last two years, is questioning. Mama, why is this set up this way? Uh, for example, she asks me, I would love to participate, mom, but I, I will not because it's a competition. And she asked me this question. She said, how can you judge kids and give them a prize, which is a very singular thing, when there are so many things to look at? You know, and this, is, this, is, this came from my nine-year-old because she refused to, you know, participate in a competition in her school that, you know, was a music thing, which she, like, we loved because she's great at music, right? I mean, so I can see how she's, you know, coming along. And now, so previously till about she was six, I had to be very much in touch with her. And by the way, these things change because some kids become more autonomous and aware early on. So you have to be very connected to the child as an individual. So you will know, you know, uh, where that point is. It's not a single answer for all kids. Right. So when they come to five or six or whatever, my daughter started asking that, aha, I kind of woke up to the fact that, okay, so now she's not, it's, she's not just kind of take, she's not looking at me like, mom, you're like my mommy, whatever you say is the truth, right? Now she's questioning. And now I am actually the way I answer and I show up, I am modeling to her so many things, right? And with us, so many things. I am modeling to her how I take her questions. Do I shut her down and say, uh-uh, this is the way to do it. You don't get it now, you'll get it later. Or am I sitting with her in that questioning, kind of asking her to elaborate, right? So things like this. So from seven, I started having these con deep conversations with her. And that's when I say, I woke up to the aha that, oh my God, these kids are so wise. <laughs> they will ask you the questions that many adults will not ask you. They will ask you point, point blank on your face. So seven is when I started seeing, and then from then on, it is um, a growth from then, then on, right? Even more so I see when my older one reached 13 and 14, she literally, what I would say, became autonomous, became a different child. That's when I really had to wake up as a parent, you know, because she started putting her foot down, like I would say, she started taking her stand, she started telling me who she is. Like, see me, mama. See me. I'm not your daughter. This is who I am. Uh, which, you know, looks like rebelliousness, right? And how do I show up in that space? Where do I let go? Where do I hold on? Uh, yeah, that's the dance. That's the dance that I had to look at. Yeah. Did I, did I answer your question, kind of? Yes, no, that was great. I, um, I think you described it really well as a dance it's kind of a you know it's a give and take that's what it sounds like the whole theme is this is openness and give and take yeah
It is, it is. And I think one of the biggest things about this dance is to know your steps, mm -hmm. to be very aware, to be very, very open and aware and conscious of what your steps are, what your stance is mm -hmm. in this journey, who I am, who I want to be, who do I want to show up as. So it's really personal for a parent, you know, when you wake up to this. And it becomes, honestly, I'll tell you what I'm coming to realize even more is that you don't need to guide your children. It's more about guiding yourself, honestly, right? You wake up to that to understand who you are and what, what your boundaries are, how you speak up, how do you want to show up in the world? And how do you hold space for another individual human being, whether it's your child or whether it's your spouse or whether it's a friend, how do you show up in that space? And how do you hold that the same space for another human being? So that's pretty much the journey. Yeah. Um, kind of, uh, so you've already kind of elaborated on this, but um, can you talk about some specific challenges that you've encountered with either of your children um, and give some specific, specific examples about how you navigated those challenges, whether that be in conversation or just, you know, letting go? Yeah, letting, lot of letting go. <laughs> lot of letting go so i will share with you one of the things that I, that i am and, and the reason that comes to mind immediately is because i think that was one of the days that i'm extreme extremely proud of myself i celebrated um, my waking up in in so many ways um and it was one day when you know we've uh, moved to this country we were in india for some time and we moved three years ago so my older one came in at a very uh, tender and a very tricky age i would say you know 13 right there's a lot happening at that age and this is a big change you know coming from your home country where you you know you have your family and everything and coming into a culture that feels so different um, and so she you know, was finding her space and obviously uh, had come back from school and probably, probably for sure, had had a hard day. And I could see that she was off, right? Our instinct automatically tells you when somebody's not in their space, it was off. I was sitting, I heard the door bang. Uh, I heard her, you know, throwing her bag and, you know, her shoes in place and like, you know. I, I obviously went there and I said, okay, looks like you've had a hard day. Do you want to talk about it? And she said, no. And as the day went on, anything that I wanted to talk to her about, she retaliated, right? Like she didn't give me a good answer. She was mad. Obviously she was struggling. She was mad. And many a times it comes out on the parent, right? right. So it was like this sheer anger right it was like you you know you did this or don't talk to me you always do this and you know that kind of stuff in that door and i remember that day because the part of me that came up was this <laughs> very strong you are being disrespectful mm -hmm. you know that's the voice i still remember in my head like here i am 
I do so much for you. This is my story, right? <laughs> my story is coming up. Like this is I am. I'm your mom. I make sure when you come from school, I'm waiting for you. Uh, you know, I have your snack ready. You know, and I still remember because she came back and she put her lunchbox on the thing and she hadn't eaten. And uh, then I said, oh, so my first thing was like, you've not eaten. And then this, and she said, oh, don't like I didn't like it or something like that. And of course the voice comes up saying, here I am. I wake up at 5.36 to make you a lunch. And, you know, that's it. That part of me, you know, came up with its story, right? And believe me, when that part comes up, it's really, really hard to be quiet, right? Because you, you really see that child as disrespecting you right and taking you for granted uh saying that you know you have a very easy life you know you don't respect me you're doing all of that and i remember something clicked that day and i kind of woke up and i said i am not going to take that route i'm not going to take that route i can see that she's not in the space to hear me no matter what I tell her, whether I tell her she's disrespectful or whether I even go in with love saying that you're having a hard time. She cannot hear me. She's right now totally submerged, you know, in that, in the, in the waves of feelings or whatever experience she's, she's going through, it's not going to serve. So I was quiet. I looked at her and I pretty much said what I saw. I said, looks like you're having a really hard day looks like you're having a hard time, you know, let me know if I can help you. Mm -hmm. you know, I'll give you some time. And I gave her space, right? Of course, I wasn't there to take in her stuff. I took a stand that I want to give her space, but I didn't walk away with anger. She could feel like, you know, I didn't walk away with, you know, because sometimes we don't need to talk, right? It's our energy that speaks. That's what parenting is about. Like my daughter will look at me and say, you're not saying the words that I know you want to say. <laughs> I mean, is that, do you think that there's a lot of, like when you said you, you like, there's a lot of letting go, right? Like, do you think there's a lot of build up anger that like you just never let out? <laughs> and the thing is, it's very important to be very honest about that anger, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it is, right? So you, so there is this pent up frustration and anger in you. So it's not about bottling it up. Mm -hmm. You know, but actually feeling it and bringing it to the surface and letting it out in a way that serves. Because right. taking, it out and taking it out on your child, mm -hmm. many a times that's not what the anger is about. Right, right. That's what I've seen. The anger is about something else, actually. Or even if it's about that, if it doesn't serve, is that the road you want to choose? Well, you've like, you've like deconstructed anger in this like molecular form. It's like, oh, that's not what anger is about. Anger is like more about serving a purpose instead of it just being like, you know, useless, like waste of energy. Yeah. And I'll tell you something, Chintan, that you brought this up. That has been one of my biggest ahas. And I've shared this with my kids consistently. I say, you know, imagine a circle around you, right? So there is a circle around you when you close your eyes and you see mm -hmm. there are certain things you've kept in your circle okay whether it's your friends whether it's uh, concepts uh, beliefs whatever and then and emotions right and there are certain things you've kept outside the circle 
And that's where anger lies for many, right? Because it's not good to be angry. Yeah. Okay. It's not good to be sad. It's not good to be lazy. All those things are outside that circle. Am I right? I mean, it's not inside. I can't accept that. And the funny part is what I've seen in this journey is that you truly, truly uh, are able to live your best life when you take all of that in, into your circle. You accept the anger, you accept the pain, you accept the sadness, you accept the label of mental health, which is also outside the circle for many people. Right, right. And I mean, you, you mentioned like it, all of this is part of like being somewhat vulnerable to your children, like, you know, not always being like this, like solid, like, you know, model that they always need to look up to. But that's not the case for a lot of people. So how would you advocate that? You said that you don't really like, or you haven't used the term mental health in your case, but like, to advocate mental health, how would you tell other parents to, you know, be more vulnerable to their children? Vulnerability, like we all know, that's in conversations everywhere mm -hmm. today, is, is, is really true courage. You know, it asks us to look into spaces that honestly, we don't want to. Who wants to do this work, right? Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, I have used it a couple of times, but I've put it in the way I define it. Let me, let me kind of express that because it's... Um, the way, like I said, how do you define mental health? You know, the way I look at mental health, I'll be very honest. I think everybody who is born in this world and has a mind has to look at mental health. Yeah, yeah. That's, no that's one the does point. Yeah, I mean, there's a line there, okay? So there's a line. So once you cross that line and then it's defined as depression and then it's defined as mental health issue, that's when you go to the therapist. Below this, it's not... I don't see that. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm not saying no, but I'm saying if you have a mind and you're born into this conditioning of this culture and the world that we live in, it's like the fish swimming in the sea. There's water. You're swimming in the water, but you can't see it in many ways. So it's there. It's there. Yeah. Uh, the reason I don't just use the word mental health is because if they go outward and look at the word, how it's defined outside, it seems different than the way that I would define it. Right. And for me, it is like we have a mind. That's why I use the word mind because we all have mind. And yeah. I keep telling them that. And it's funny, right? That my daughter's experience that I was just sharing with you, she came back to me, right? Uh, two hours later, she was in her room. She had shut the door, everything. She came back to me. And she burst into tears and she gave me a hug. And she said, mom, you know, whatever. She was having a hard time and this. And I just sat with her saying, of course, high school is hard. <laughs> you know, we've all been through it. Of course, yeah. it's hard. And, and, and you know, that, that, that yeah, we'll, we'll find our way through this, right? And I shared everything. But the biggest thing in that that I want to point out is my thing after that, once everything cleared and everything, you know, we always... I actually smiled and I was sharing with her about what thoughts came up. I told her, when you were doing that, you know what happened? This voice came up and said, your daughter is disrespectful. You know, and it came and said that you dare not talk to me, you know, that way, you know, and it came in that tone. 
Did you, you just know? laugh it off at that point? Or? Yes. And she started laughing. I started laughing, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you what she shared with me. See, it's so clear in my mind. It's years ago, but it's so clear. She looked at me and she said, you know what, mama, you have a powerful self mm -hmm. and that powerful self did not want to be put down. So there's a part of me she saw so beautifully, right? Like you see, for a child to reflect back, she could always say, ah, yeah, yeah, mom, whatever. <laughs> no, she gave such a beautiful, constructive context to me. She said, mom, yeah, there's a powerful self in you who sees that. So that's why, I mean, I'll be very honest with you. That's why I say she has taught me more than anybody else. And I told her that, look how you're seeing me. She saw me in my light when I was sharing. And we laughed about it. We had a conversation. And of course, that, that all this takes time and space. We can't rush through it. Right. I think that's the other big problem, right? Of parenting. We are multitasking, especially in this country, right? We have to do everything. Drive to places, do the groceries, do the cooking, take care of the job and the hundred things that we have that parenting takes time, space uh, to do that, to have these conversations. If you're on the go, 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 it's harder to do it. It's harder. Yeah, really hard. Kind of going off, I know you keep like a busy schedule because I mean, when, even when you're talking and I mean, you do a lot. And so how do you make that time? How do you make sure that you make the time to have these conversations, especially when you have to take care of all the other household duties, you have to be ready, you know, what's your taking care of your children's needs and stuff. How do you make sure you give them enough time and give yourself enough time to process through these emotions and um, have an open dialogue rather than just kind of rushing through it and getting to something? Um, prioritize, 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 right? And... Um, and the biggest thing I would really say when I prioritize, I prioritize my being over all the doings. Does that make sense? So I, I get up in the morning and the time I, and I journal. I have my journal next to me. Mm -hmm. And even before I start my day, believe me, that's the thing that really helps me a lot because uh, it's all about the intention, right? So I get up, I get my journal up. And the first thing I write about is, I know it sounds funny, but I'm saying literally, who do I want to be that day? How do I want to feel? That's really, really important to me. How do I want to feel? Who do I want to be? And hold myself to that. So that's the intention that I've created. So I start my day that way, because if I don't fill my cup, I have nothing to offer to anybody's around, right? Nothing. So I have to make sure I prioritize me even before I prioritize my spouse or my job or my kids or whatever. I will not serve them. So I have to prioritize me. So I then have a list of what do I need to do to stay aligned. So I feel good. I feel good that I can show up. And be very honest that then, then, I, then a lot of things that I want to do fall off the list because they're way down my list, right? So I start with that. So I start with my breath work in the morning and my meditation and my yoga 
because that grounds me, you know, as a person. And then I write down my intentions. I actually have uh, guidelines for myself, right? Very basic guidelines of who I want to be. And so I follow that. I, I, you know, bring alive again within me those intentions. Done. Then I start my day. Then I look at step two which is what is around me that needs to be done that's higher on my priority. And you're right, that's when the kids come in. I am extremely particular about healthy eating. But what does that mean to me, right? What does that mean to me? And it cannot come at the cost where I am stressed out. It's not gonna serve anybody. Mm -hmm. So how do I simplify that? So there's, so then I've put you know, a guideline around that for me. This is what I will do. This is how I'll make sure, you know, this thing. How much time do, does that take? Being very realistic about it. And then comes the rest of the time. And you're absolutely right. A lot of things fall off the list. And while I'm telling you like all of this, you must be thinking, oh my God, I have it all in order. No. <laughs> Each day is a new day. Right. Like if, if, I, if I fall sick or my kids, you know, fall sick or something new comes up, you flow around that. But the key that um, holds me, I think that doesn't shake me too much is because I've taken care to take care of myself. That's the key. If I do that, then I'm even ready to take the other things that may be in chaos outside the best I can. And when I cannot, that's fine too. I learn something new. <laughs> yeah, you have a really positive outlook on things. I like. I gotta tell you, cause like I don't, and that there's a lot to learn here. Honestly, and and, and honestly, Chintan, I'll tell you, I have struggled through this, right? Because when you're starting on this journey, and you uh, look at your child struggling through something it presses buttons in you like nothing else and you really struggle you know you have all the stories coming up about oh my god this is the mother i wanted to be this is how i want to show up you know and i cannot and i and the stories of i'm failing as a mother because there are so many rules around that right yeah by the world of what it means to be a good mother um and and you struggle you struggle you know you cry your way through it you look for help uh, I think that's a big thing, you know, you look around for answers, you see what uh, works for you, because not everything will work for you. Mm -hmm. So you pick and choose. And as you start doing this, it becomes easier. It does. Parts of it become easier because your child is changing too, right? So uh, parts of it become easier and parts of it, you're constantly learning and you're evolving, you're evolving. Uh, and, and to me, what I love, and that's the reason, you know, for me to even reach out and have these conversations, because I think these are the conversations that matter, you know, yeah. because I went through a journey and I'm seeing parts of it that are working. It's so beautiful uh, for us to share and learn from each other, because there are some experiences that I would have never, you know, gone through and I, I have learned from people who've gone through experience. I'm so thankful for that. And in the same way, I have done certain things that has worked and I feel, oh, wow, you know, I would, I would love to share that too. So the best growth actually happens in these conversations. And honestly, when, uh, 
you know, uh, this friend of mine, Alka, shared with me about Manmukti and I looked you guys up. I was so excited. First of all, I was blown away because, because you guys are young. <laughs> do, you, do you know what that means? You young guys doing this and I'll be very honest, I don't think I could do it at your age. You guys are speaking up on things that are so hard, you know, things that are not acceptable, right? That the older generation doesn't want you to maybe talk about. Yeah. And, 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 you know, even for us at this age, even though you're doing the work, to stand out in things that, has, that brings up shame in you, that brings up the struggle in you, to stand in this raw, vulnerable state out in the world is the hardest ever. And you guys are so courageous to do that. I was like, oh my God, I mean, truly this, I would love to be a part of this group because I really think that that's, that's where the difference is made. Right. I mean, that's I mean the, the, impact. the whole point, you know, of, of these podcasts is to just, you know, let other people know who are going through things. Like, you know, so far it's always been, like personal experiences, right? And like children of our age or like psychiatrists or like we've had a guest who was a psychiatrist, but parenting is a whole new concept. And like, we figured it was like a really, like, you know, it's not just us, parents feel the same way. Like even though some parents have a hard time expressing the fact that they're having issues with parenting, they're not gonna, like a lot of parents don't say it that, hey, like I would like some help, you know, like, yeah, you know, Chintan, I, I think I really want to say that here on behalf of parents. This is not an easy job, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's not. You know, it's really not. It's been my biggest and steepest learning curve. I'll be honest. You know, that's, it's not easy. And then that's when we have to bring in these questions. What kind of space do we provide for mm -hmm. parents who want to come in and say, I'm messing up. I really don't know. You, because I, I honestly, truly believe that there is no bad parent. Right, yeah. Because there is no bad human being. Because the thing is, we are all trying to do our best. Mm -hmm. And we all come from our conditioning that we've been given. And in that space, we are, we are trying to find the best solution. Yes. So even for those few parents who come out and say, hey, I'm struggling, right, have the courage, what kind of space are we holding? You know, because if we feel that there's going to be blame and shame in that, then there's no welcome or safe space given to right, us right. to step out and have these conversations, right? Mm -hmm. That's the one thing even with, with I see with, my, with, with children and youngsters who think that parents have wronged them. Absolutely, yes. It feels like that. It looks like that, no doubt. But it's not a one sim single faceted thing right it's a multi-faceted thing right? right it's not like the parents just like wake up one day and like i'm gonna ruin my child's life like that's yeah no they're not like in they, fact in, in their mind they're helping you no they're trying to do the best to keep you safe right right and secure the only reason they don't want you to talk is because they want you to belong in the society that you live in they want you to fit in they don't want you to go through the pain and I think as children, if there's that one thing, I would say the courage that you guys have to step out and do that, have the courage to hold that space for your parent. Yeah. Even yeah. though, even, even if your parent can't see that, does that make sense? Like your parent might still 
show up, you know, meanly in anger because they're doing their best, whatever. Yeah. But hold, like, see them in that, in, 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 in as that being who's struggling. Right. And you become the example, right? Sometimes it's the truth. The child has to become the example. When you grow up and you, you learn this, you become the example to hold that space that they couldn't do because it was not modeled for them. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the whole point that we're trying to get across is, and the podcast itself is called Stories of Stigma. It's, mm-hmm. it's to let other people know now, including parents, that, like, you know, they're not alone. Like, there's someone out there with the same issues. So, um, and yeah, that's, that's really powerful to just get the message across. Yeah. Every parent, I would say that every parent, like I said, if you're born in this world, you're with this conditioning in this culture, you are. Every parent is going to have their unique set of struggles and uh, they're they're doing their best like the child is doing their best. Mm -hmm. And if we stay open to it, open to the learning, uh, if we kind of commit to the journey, then it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's not easy, but it's very fulfilling. It's really fulfilling, I think. Yeah, that's been my experience, honestly. But it's work. Yeah. More self-work <laughs> than uh, anything else. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us and, and sharing your story. Mm-hmm. letting other parents know that, you know, they're not alone. Yeah. Thanks to our guest, Ms. Supriya. And a special thanks to Anvita and all of you, our listeners. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe and get in touch with your own thoughts on all topics mental health. Visit us at manmukti.org or social media at manmukti. I'm Chintanjani with Manmukti Podcast, Stories of Stigma, And I'll see you next time. Thank you.